You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Radiant Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Cookie Monster. And today, I am joined by some very special guests. Very, very special guests. So today, we have Hannah in the house. Hannah, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so for those of you that listened to the last episode, Hannah was our our guest and um, she shed light on some very key issues just concerning this whole conversation that's happening right now about Christianity and race. Um, and then our second guest is none other than PC, Pastor Craig. What's happening? Hey, good. it's good to see you. It's good to be here. It's good to be with Hannah. And I'm excited to be on the show. Good to be back. Good to have you back. Mm. Uh, Pastor Craig is a regular and you, you all know him. And I think everybody remembers him from the polygamy episode. <laughs> 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 yes, that was a, a, hot, a hot episode. Um, mm. And so uh, today I think we've got another, well, it's not hot per se, but I think we, it's, it's a very topical and important discussion we want to have. So today we're talking about um, Christianity in Africa. I think that's the best way to put it. We want to talk about uh, the impact that Christianity has had on our continent. We want to talk about um, a lot of the conversation that's happening right right now, uh, especially triggered by this whole Black Lives Matter um, movement, is surrounding the fact that Christianity is a white man's religion. There's, there's a lot of that conversation going on. And some people are even going as far as saying Africans need to abandon Christianity and go back to their original religion, which was corrupted and subverted by Christianity. And so today, uh, our guests are going to help us get into this. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, Hannah is white. Right. That's so, true. Yeah. So just, <laughs> just so <laughs> you can't tell over a podcast, can you? You can't. But Definitely maybe, you've, maybe some of you may have picked up from the accent that you know, it, it's more than just a bougie black accent. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. <laughs> yeah. So Hannah is actually white. Um, so um, I think it's important to to have her here. As and the token of, Rungu. She is the token <laughs> Muvit. Okay, then of course Pastor Craig is is a pastor and um he is black. <laughs> yes. Oh man, this is gonna be fun. Um I, I'm still figuring out what I am. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Okay, so right now, you know, there, there's a growing number of young people that are beginning to to, to question Christianity's place in Africa. Um I've been part of threads on Twitter and other platforms where, you know, people are posting things. I, I saw this one thread where it was like a whole conversation about um, how we need to really get into our spirit mediums and really start understanding all of that. Guys were posting like covers of books about Egyptian, some Egyptian religion stuff. But it's all to do with, it's all driven by the fact that people are saying Africans need to go back to their... Religion. So I guess the first question that that I want I want us to to sort of 
uh, well, that I want to ask in the discussion that I want us to, to begin having right now is, what does it mean? What do people mean when they say that Christianity is a white man's religion? I think let's start it there. And I don't know who's going to take that one. Mm. Yeah. What does that actually mean? Or maybe, maybe let's, let me personalize that to say, what does it mean to you when you hear people say Christianity is a white man's religion? How do you deduce that? How do you break that down? Well, PC. Sure. You, you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So before PC actually gets into, into it, um, I'm going to welcome T-Mac. Oh, she's just coming. Um, she's late. <laughs> Okay, that's why you want to welcome me. Yeah, so you can so, say that I'm late. <laughs> Throw her so, under the bus there. Yeah, no, no. She, she deserves to be under the bus. So, yeah. Um, Hi, welcome everybody. your royal lateness. Thank you. Thank you. I go by, yes, I'm racist. I do black man's time. Yes, what's up? That's what's up. <laughs> anyway, PC, please go for it. Wow. What does it mean to me when mm-hmm. I hear the term is um, Christianity is a white man's religion? I'm I'm tempted to answer that uh, whether it is or not. But um, let me give a story I used to hear when I was a child, which probably um, explains why certain sections of our society uh, believe this to be so. Growing up, I used to hear some some older people use, uh, saying this kind of statement, and, and I'm not sure if you came across it. They would say when the white man came, he came holding a Bible in. He came to our land holding the Bible, and then he asked us to close our eyes and pray. When the prayer ended and we said, Amen, we opened our eyes, we were holding the Bible, and they were holding the land. <laughs> uh-huh. Wow. The um, insinuation there is that um, they came, uh, obviously, through colonialism, uh, basically uh, using the cover of the Bible to present a religion which would make us cede our wealth and our land, probably our dignity and a number of other items. Right. Uh, to the furtherance of their own, um, if I can use the term, wicked agendas. Right. So for them, they they see Christianity as a front of, for colonialism, basically. They see it as the vehicle through which we were colonized and um, therefore something that uh, the white men really brought to oppress us. What I find um, ironic, and uh, there's two ironies in all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I find ironic is that, number one, uh, our so-called kings and leaders back in the days, there's no record of them ever converting to Christianity. <laughs> right. Right. So I'm not sure if there's any, any way we hear that Lord Bengula gave his life to Christ or was baptized, <coughs> Mzilikazi or whoever else. For instance, so so I'm not sure how we received Christianity when those when those uh, when those kings in that time didn't even themselves convert. That's number one, and I'm talking about ironies here. Yeah. yeah. The second irony I find uh, very fascinating <laughs> is that um, we've accepted so much more of uh, white man stuff, if I can if I can use uh, that term. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That uh, the only thing we don't like, and I'm not saying it's, 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 Christianity is white man's religion, mm-hmm. is that Christianity bit. We speak their language, mm-hmm. right? And we love it to bits. Mm-hmm. Right. Our main news is in their language. Our main newspapers are in their language, and we're not about to change that. Mm-hmm. We've received a lot of uh, cultures from them. They're sports. We love rugby. We love cricket. 
we love uh, soccer. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm not sure if those oh, yeah, <laughs> there's there's there's, there's, an, there's an interesting take to all of those, right? <laughs> we love them very very much. I thought Bora was. We out even there. dress the way that that they do. We've re, we've 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 accepted that, eh? And we're not um we're not fighting to go back to how things used to be. But suddenly, in all of these things, there's the one thing which we associate with the white man, which is the Bible, right? <laughs> which we don't like, but everything else uh, that they came with, we do like. Now, let me just, uh, if you don't mind with your indulgence, sure. just say something. They, um, and, uh, and probably this would be my main uh, bone of, uh, well, not contention, but my, my, uh, my driving uh, illustration here. Soccer. Mm-hmm. Right, when we when we think about soccer, which country immediately comes to mind? Brazil. Thank me. you very much, Brazil. When we think of uh, cricket, which which country comes to mind? India. India. When we think of rugby, who comes to mind? New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand. But guess what? Did soccer start in Brazil? I don't know. Was cricket invented in India? Nope. And then did uh, rugby start in New Zealand? No. What happened? These are the countries that probably, or rather, they've, they've made these sporting disciplines very popular. Right. It's, it's quite possible that somebody can come up and say soccer is from Brazil. Yeah. I'm just trying to say that uh, the fact that they've made it popular or we've identified them with it does not mean that soccer started in Brazil. Actually, what I've researched, my own research, mm-hmm. says that it was mainly um, sorted out in England, but it emerged from China, what? second what? and third, as in, at the <laughs> very inception, not, of course, in the form that it is. Yeah. Right. Right? Same cricket started in England, is, is popular, or has been popularized by India, same thing with rugby. So, what, that's what's happened to Christianity as far as I'm concerned. And uh, anyway, I'm talking too much here, but so let's be careful to to put a title yeah. to to or to put a to put a tag to christianity and where it's coming from when it's actually not where it's coming from by the way uh-huh. if we go to google right now and find out the origins of christianity in africa that would be a very interesting conversation let me stop right there for okay. a second wow all right uh, i think you've actually yeah you you've <laughs> Unpacked quite a lot there, uh, but we're going to get into some of this stuff uh, further along in the conversation. Hannah, <clears throat> yeah. coming back to you, uh, I think you, I guess I'll pose, in fact, yeah, let me just pose the same question to you, right? That you, you're somebody who um, is both white and a Christian, mm-hmm. right? So this whole thing is going around, Christianity is a white man's religion, uh, what, what do you think of that? Like, w- when you hear that phrase, what, what does that mean? I think it's, it's like all arguments are at the moment. It's, it's reflective of the mood that we're in. 2020 has been um, one heck of a year. Um, but uh, the, the current ideology wants to throw out anything that has a narrative that dictates how anybody should live their life. Postmodernity, uh, um, in terms of an ideology, wants mm-hmm. to say everyone's stories are legitimate, but big stories that overarch things 
um, postmodernists are not mm-hmm. comfortable with. Now, that may sound just like a really fancy term and it's it's big words, but essentially postmodernity is the champion of individual people telling their stories rather than one culture, one people group saying this is the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to um, people saying that Christianity is a white man's religion, um, what I think is we've taken... Um, we, we, we are rightly looking back now at history and going, how did the colonists bring Christianity in? But we've stopped at that point in history, mm-hmm. the scramble for Africa and colonialism. Actually, and um, Pastor Craig was referring to this, Christianity's roots in Africa go way beyond that. Mm-hmm. And and the Judeo-Christian, where it sprung up from, we, we touched on this in our last um, yeah. chat, was that Jesus was not a white man. Right. I mean, I know that um, if you grew up in a staunchly Methodist or Anglican or Catholic home, you had that picture. Yeah. We all know the one, you know, Jesus with his blonde <laughs> hair, my blue eyes. Oh, yeah. And like, I don't know, he just, I think we had this conversation. He looked creepy. Um, so <laughs> when people talk about Christianity as a white man's religion, maybe that that is the picture that they have in mind. Yeah. Um, and Christianity, interestingly, nowadays... If you look at where the global population of Christianity is, the majority of it is not in 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 what we can call white countries. Mm-hmm. Europe has long since stopped being the central force Post, of post Christian. It is, yeah. and so of you know in the percentages of the of where Christianity and how Africa f- fits in there. 30% of the world's evangelicals are in Africa. Yeah. That's a big percentage. Yeah. 20% of the world's Pentecostals and Charismatics are in Africa. So those are, you know, when it, we're talking about global Christian wow. populations, Africa is, it's we form a big part of it, but Europe has long since stopped being the center of Christianity. So it, 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 it is looking at history, but it's stopping at a point and, and not going all the way back back. and also it's rightly criticizing a a form of history that came in and said you people are ignorant you are uncivilized you're boorish whatever there there were those ideas you know Mm -hmm. let's go and civilize uh the african there it was referred to as the dark continent and that wasn't just spiritually that Mm -hmm. was primarily there were no roots into central africa Mm -hmm. um so it was it was also a capitalist thinking of yeah. how can we get in but just some history is when when colonialism came it was as everything is to some degree a, a, a picture of its day it came in with civilization colonialism and christianity and christianity was part and parcel of that and people sort of want to be able to say we've said no to colonialism and we we're in this um, mo- you know, everybody's figuring out what post-colonial Africa looks like, but we still have the the heritage. Mm-hmm. But now we have to say, is Christianity just part of that era and do we need to chuck it out as well? Yeah. And I think that's probably where some of this um, talk, you know, starts mm-hmm. from. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, <clears throat> we have some learned people in the room today. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. I think you and I should just shut up. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> No way. So, you so, guys know your stuff. Okay. Now, coming back to the whole African religion part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had a debate with someone on Facebook about this this very subject. 
And um, the guy corrected me and said, no, it's not called African traditional religion. That's what the colonialists called it. It's called African spirituality. So I was like, okay, no, cool. So I'll, I'll refer to it as African spirituality today okay. um, for the sake of you. If you're listening, person. You know mm-hmm. yourself. <laughs> so I hope you're listening. So, because you need this. Okay, so um, my question is our religion as Africans, right? Our religion, our belief system, our practices, all of that stuff, right? Like yeah, our religion, the African spirituality. The, the question that I, that I then have is why was it so easy? And I'm assuming that it was, but why was it so easy to, to displace it and to replace it? Mm. so to speak, with, with Christianity, mm. right? Um, is, is this because we ourselves had no... Were we united in, in what we actually believed, right? And, and maybe the question I'm really asking more here, uh, and I'll direct this to you, Pastor, uh, to Pastor Craig, mm. is... Musikawan, mm. Right is the name that people use for for God in um, Zimbabwe. In Zimbabwe specifically, mm. would you say that the concept of Msikawanu is similar to the same to the concept of God? Is is Msikawanu just the Shona name for God, or is that a totally different entity <laughs> altogether? Wow, that's a very interesting concept or question. <laughs> I almost want to go back to uh, your first question because it was um, it was also a personal point of research, not mm-hmm. much for me as well. Yeah, in my time in Bible school, with regards uh, African spiritual, what do you call it? African, African spirituality. spirituality. Yeah, but since we're being academic here, allow me to call it African traditional religion. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> purely from an academic perspective. Yeah, even yeah. the word religion is academic, right? Right. Let me start off from from that point. Mm -hmm. Why was it easy to displace it? Um, My own analysis uh, has has pointed a number of factors. Obviously, you want to be more um, thorough in your research. But one thing about um, our our, our religion, right, is that, um, number one, the lack of um, cohesion in terms of what is actually believed from place to place, Mm -hmm. right? So... I, I would make this point, I, I normally used to make this point way back that if I just came up with my own idea of how we worship right now and I speak to a few people, we can basically generate a movement which would then claim to authentically hold something or a form of African traditional religion. And right. so you see this, you see a variance of it, too many of them, if I can use uh, that term and, and pardon me for that, mm-hmm. across the continent so you don't have a distinct identity. Right. That's the beginning, in my view. That's mm-hmm. just one, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, closely added to that is the fact that um, it's orally, it was orally passed down. Mm-hmm. Right? It's being orally passed down. Things are lost in translation or in the passing uh, on of, of information. Right. Uh, thirdly, uh, which is where, uh, and I'm just comparing systems here. Yeah. Probably Christianity, Islam versus all the rest of the world traditions, yeah. is that there lacks a, a distinct evangelizing factor mm-hmm. or point, mm-hmm. probably outside of Christianity and Islam. When I, when I personally just look at all the other religions, there's not a great emphasis to spread mm. such knowledge. 
Right. On the other hand, when you're then coming to Christianity, we starting in Matthew 28, go ye therefore, mm-hmm. which has been the drive <laughs> of omissions um, beginning in the first century uh, AD, uh, mm-hmm. when when Christianity actually landed um, on the shores of uh, of Africa. Well, they say that uh, uh, Mark brought mm-hmm. it to Alexandria, right? 60 Mark AD. was actually from Libya. Yes, that's what. So they say he mm-hmm. actually brought it. He came with it. The 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 um, the eunuch in in the book of Acts, mm-hmm. they say he took, he he got baptized. Obviously, he had his conversion. They got mm-hmm. baptized, took it to, to 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 Ethiopia, which is not the Ethiopia that we know, by the way. Yeah, yeah. right. But but what they are bringing here is a a, a very uh, emphatic thrust towards evangelizing. Right. Like I was, I was reading about that Ethiopian eunuch, to say um, some these are traditions, obviously, or some other historical um, sources that are saying he was then told to take the Jesus that he had received or the gospel that he had received to take it out. That is not necessarily very prevalent uh, within our African traditional religious system. So then, uh, it's what we believe here. No, no necessary, no necessary need to uh, to spread it. Christianity on the other side is coming, telling everybody to convert. I think that's probably one of the reasons why um, uh, Christianity spread. Of course, I'm not as a believer, as a practicing believer, I'm not obviously just uh, mentioning um, subjectively the aspect of the Holy Spirit, insofar as the growth and the spread and the movement of the church. But obviously that comes uh, to the fore. Musikawanu, is it similar to our God? Um, yes and no. That would be my immediate response. Okay. So everybody has a concept of God. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's fine. Correct. So we can say God is uh, the creator of everything. I think that's a a, 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 an understanding of, of who God is. Right. But the God we preach or um, profess of as uh, the children of God or rather as believers or as Christians is obviously uh, fundamentally different right. uh, to Musikawan. For example, once we start talking about God, we're already talking about a Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We're already pointing them to a Savior, a Messiah, mm-hmm. right? That is not what is presented within um, our African traditional system, of which already then that poses and presents a variance. Mm-hmm. Now, should we Africans stick to what we used to do? Well, I would say that uh, back in the old times, we didn't wear a lot of clothes, right. you know? In fact, some of our cultures used to allow for children to be married. I'm not sure <laughs> we necessarily say because that's what we used to do in certain parts of this continent. Uh-huh. We need to go back because we're becoming more aware of who we are. We need to go back to getting kids married or clothes right. are not so cool. Let's let's just, uh, just... go back to <laughs> that kind of a thing, right? Right. I'm not talking here as, as an evangelical or as a person trying to evangelize. So I'm, I'm just saying, by the way, uh, when we talk about culture and so forth, we must be also aware generally about uh, how times change and... Uh, beliefs change yeah you touched on the issue of um black people in the bible mm. and the role that uh i guess black people or africans mm. let me not just say black people africans played in the spread of of christianity hannah i know you know you 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 as somebody who's got a theological background uh have some understanding about um this particular um subject which is what, what I hope I'm not I'm not like throwing you under the bus here. But what what would 
you say, um, based on your knowledge, your understanding, has uh, been the role that's been played by Africans, both in the Bible and also to uh, spread the gospel. So you're talking from the early church and then right. going, so, going forward. So there's, you've touched on two separate, I can't really call them periods of history, but two separate things. You're talking about Bible mm-hmm. and then you're talking about church history. So to talk about the Bible, um, at least as far as Genesis goes, uh, when it talks about the four rivers that were in the Garden of Eden, it talks about uh, it passed through Cush, Havilah, and Asher. That's in Genesis 2, 10 through 14. That would be probably near modern-day Sudan, Ethiopia, um, and Eritrea. Actually, yeah. So um, what Pastor Craig was talking about when he when he said that Ethiopia, um, as, as in the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8, mm-hmm. he, it's not modern-day Ethiopia like we understand where yeah. Ethiopia is now yeah. um, it would be modern day Sudan, Sudan so yeah. it's just it's names we use now w- refer to much bigger territories and right. um, kingdoms and civilizations in the old uh, well New and Old Testament but some African people who feature in the Bible we've got at least Hagar um, who was Abraham's one of Abraham's wife and Keturah who was another uh, wife that he had post I think Sarah dying. Uh okay. yeah, I just so, know Solomon had a black Adam. That song of songs Adam. Oh gosh. The Shunamite. The Shunamite. Yeah. But um so you know there's so there's yeah there's the Shunamite maybe. Um Zipporah, Moses's wife was certainly African. Um there've been scholars who would like to suggest that she's also black. Um, okay. That's the one he was given grief about. Mary. Yeah. Well, Mary yes. Then yeah. Miriam. Okay. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. So yeah, and then of course, um, people will be very familiar with Simon of Cyrene, who helped mm-hmm. Jesus carry his cross. Yeah. Which our producer showed us a, a verse where he's called Simon the Nigger. Mm. Yeah, he is actually. And in, in, yes. well, in church, you can't say nigger. Shadows in the Bible, whatever version it, of it that was. <laughs> it, it does actually appear in Acts. I'm um, <laughs> but what what I just want to say briefly on the topic of Simon of Cyrene, mm-hmm. no other person was given that privilege. You know, at the time, all they could see was how the cross was just a method of torture. Mm-hmm. But looking back now through the lens of history, no other people group, no other can say we helped Christ okay. carry just for a brief moment. Yeah. He was the one that came. Anyway, but um, so there they are different. Uh, there's a scholar, uh, Dr. C.H. Felder, um, who talks about how actually black people really do feature very heavily mm-hmm. in the Bible. And he, he, he was responsible for shedding all sorts of light on it. Um, there were black people in King David's army. Uh, Ebed Melech, who was the royal official who saved um, Jeremiah's life in Jeremiah 38, he was thought to be African. So, you know, it's not something that comes up in your, you know, in in Sunday school class. Like, the, and and this was the African who played a good role. But <laughs> when you start to dig, mm-hmm. there is um, a lot there. And so, um, then if we move over and come to church history, golly, <sighs> Africans single-handedly I want to say with you know a nod to other races but for starters first century Christians were were Jewish they were Palestinian they were Arabic Mm -hmm. Um, but 
Christianity then spread into North Africa, mm-hmm. and um, North Africa played a huge role. We we can't um, overstate it. Yeah. Um, the the first kind of theological institution was in Alexandria in mm. Egypt. Um, so there are numerous church fathers who, um, if you wanted to go and do some research, Oregon, uh, Cyril, mm. Clement, uh, who else? Who am I forgetting? Um, and Tertullian, of mm. course. Mm-hmm. And they played um, really significant roles when it, it came to the... You know, developing not just uh, propagating Christianity, they developed doctrines that uh, kept Christianity from heresy about uh, undermining the deity of Christ. And so Africans actually, there's a really great book I discovered. Um, Thomas Oden wrote a book called <coughs> How Africa Shaped the Christian Mind, Rediscovering the African Seedbed of Western Christianity. Actually, the move... Christianity, one of the mo- some of the most influential um, church fathers were African in origin. Augustine um, was a bishop from Hippo, which is modern-day Libya. Um, Mark obviously played a very significant role. He was um, Libyan as well and came back. And, and both Thomas and Mark played mm-hmm. crucial roles in Egypt. Um, and so before... Mark is in the Gospel of Mark. Mark is in the Gospel that of guy. Mark. Yeah. Okay. And so before we can even say really that Christianity was European, it started in Africa, it spread back up into the Middle East and then into Rome, in, then into Europe. So, yeah. you know, we... We've actually got it backwards. We, we've got it totally yeah. wrong and we've, we've stopped at colonialism and haven't gone any further back, back than that. And actually there's so much rich history um, even wow. to the roots of the Reformation, yeah, Martin Luther was writing based on Oregon's studies. And so actually there, there are books that refer to the African roots of yeah. the Reformation. It was, you know, Calvin looked at Cyril. He looked at Clement. He looked at these these big guys in church, first and second century church history. Mm. And they were writing based off that. So I, I, I don't think it's fair to say uh you know, Christianity is a white yeah. man's religion. We've stopped at one point in history. Yeah. We tried to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. Okay. So on what you just said, can we just, I know we discussed it in the previous episode, mm. but can we just deal with the white white part in that it can't be a white man's religion if the main actor is not white? Can I, um, can I just come in there as well? Sure thing. Uh, uh, Hannah, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for the <laughs> points you're bringing in. I love even how you then came on to how, you know, it then spread. If you're noticing the timeline, which is, mm-hmm. which is something very, very important here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, let's, let's be honest. The people who normally claim that Christianity is a white man's religion are basically standing on Colonial. colonialism, right? right. <clears throat> but here we're finding out that Christianity in Africa started first century. Mm-hmm. Right. Very important timelines. Colonialism in Africa is starting 15th. 16th mm-hmm. century is reaching its apex in the 19th century. Very important. Mm-hmm. When did Christianity hit um, Europe? I would argue that that's the 4th century when Constantine um, formalized Christianity mm-hmm. in Rome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Prior to that point, more or less, what's happening is Christianity is fighting running battles right, with the establishment, at least on that side, mm-hmm. which is basically persecuting this sect of uh, 
to them crazy people with uh, odd and awkward um, beliefs about this Messiah, etc., etc., etc. This is very important because if you if you can argue that Christianity started in Europe or became mainstream in mainstream in Europe in the fourth century, right, mm-hmm. with Constantine. So then the question would be, if the white people got it in the fourth century, where did they get it from? Right. So whose religion did they get? And I'm trying to get somewhere here. Mm-hmm. They got a religion that's, in quotes, emanating from Palestine. Mm. But if you go to Israel right now and you say, is Christianity your religion in Israel? Right. The Jews do not want to be associated with Christianity. Right. Mm-hmm. With Christianity. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, they respect us. They will accept us to come do our thing in Israel. Mm-hmm. But Judaism does not necessarily embrace the Christian Christian belief. And I'm trying right. to establish a certain point here. Mm-hmm. In fact, recently, within I think the past few weeks, a Christian uh, broadcasting uh, a network was, was delisted or delicensed, if I can use that term, really? in Israel. Wow. Uh, the God Channel. And the accusation is they're trying to convert the Jews to, into Christians. Yeah. I'm trying to get to a point here. To say so, in the fourth century they are receiving Christianity in Rome, but it's not really white man's religion in courts. Um, it's coming from a place where they don't really want anything, in terms of identity, to do with Christ mm. or Christianity. And here's my point: Christianity must never be an issue about race. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, the moment we 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 start to bring the race factor into this we've lost the essence of what christianity is about yeah. no wonder why it's well spread across nations tribes yeah. languages and cultures mm. because galatians is very very clear about mm. what we are in christ for there's no jew yeah there is no greek yeah there is mm. no slave there is no free yeah there's no male there's no female in christ all mm. are one so to the believer who's listening to us this is not us trying to convince the world that Christianity uh, works for them, or it's not it's necessarily not for whites or for whites or for this race or for that race. For the believer who's listening to us, the one true thing must be Jesus Christ is for everybody. Yeah. You get into the New Testament, there is no mention about the nationality or rather the race of Jesus because yeah. that's not the major point. Yeah. The major point is salvation yeah. in Christ. Yeah. Unfortunately, like um, Hannah so expertly put it, we're living in a very postmodern uh, era, which is then beginning to try to reshape uh, a lot of narratives. And uh, putting as far as I'm concerned, and this is my opinion, mm-hmm. the issue of race into, an, uh, into our, our faith, which ought not to be so. Mm-hmm. Which ought not to be so. Would, would, mm-hmm. you, say, mm-hmm. would you say that the church mm-hmm. has done enough or anything at all mm. to to address this this um, discrepancy, if I can call it that. So what I mean is, many of the questions are even coming from Christians, mm. right? Who, who've obviously never taken the time to or made the effort to understand the history mm-hmm. of Christianity itself, to understand all just all this information that 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 you guys are discussing here. Many people don't actually have, and these are people mm. who are Christians. So I'm saying. Should it not be the responsibility of the church to ensure that people have a deeper understanding of the history of the faith and where everything has come from? So I guess I'm saying I'm saying that aren't we also having this issue in church 
right, uh, this whole issue of race because it's it's an, it's an issue, right, in the church, and we're having it because people don't understand these fundamentals. And I, I want to come in very quickly there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be controversial here. Sure. Right. I don't think we're having such an such an issue. It's obviously springing out with what's happening currently. But listen, statistically, they say that we were 8 million Christians in quotes at the turn of the century. That figure has multiplied um, over 20 fold in 100 years. (laughs) So from from the time Jesus was there to 1900, basically, we were able to get 8 million believers on the African continent the majority of which obviously would have come in during the colonial period. But from 1900 to 2000, right, in such a short space of time, 100 years, we are over 200 million believers on the African continent. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that the gospel is spreading like a wildfire. That's what I'm trying to say. Things that we may not know. The main uh, objective or job of the church, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples. That's our primary agenda. Okay. And guess what? To the listener, I want to assure them that that agenda is moving faster than all these other fires that are coming. Do we not acknowledge them? Of course we acknowledge them. Right. Do we not need to address them? Of course we need to. What I'm just trying to, that's why I said, can I be controversial? What I'm trying to emphasize as as a child of God is our number one mission is still, to push the agenda or the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Now watch this. Uh, just yesterday, I, was, I happened on one of my wisdom uh, devotionals to be talking about uh, success and the pitfalls of success. That whenever you succeed, and I know this sounds unrelated, but I'm coming. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're successful, you're bound to get haters and opposition. Right? So the growth of the Christian faith is bound to attract a fair bit of opposition, right? Yeah. And some of that can um, emerge in a number, in a number of aspects. Some it may be us our own making. Some it might just be the world. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to say this to say um, we've got very legitimate race issues and so forth things mm-hmm. that must be addressed. Yes, but um, let's also be careful that some of the opposition is purely. Uh, an agenda to stop the growth of the church, of which the church, which Jesus is building, he says it's expanding, and the gates of hell shall not what, shall not withstand it. So, okay. mm, I I agree, but I also mm. disagree. Mm. Um, and I I think that if people have questions, um, we have a we have a, res- a responsibility as Christians to answer them and to address them. Um, Trevor Noah was uh, speaking, and he was saying that how. Um, in South Africa, by contrast to America, where he is now living, that issues of race can be discussed fairly freely in South Africa by comparison. It doesn't become as uh, uh, heated Uh as quickly. Um, In America, the moment you bring up racism, people are like, I didn't enslave you. I didn't enslave. I wasn't involved. It wasn't me. And and, and obviously, he's like, uh, yeah, I know, but we, we we have to be able to have these conversations. And if people have questions, um, I think we, we need to clarify things. But whether it's the responsibility of church on a Sunday to do that, I, I don't know. I, I'd say most pastors uh, would say they've got their hands full with Sunday just meeting the needs. But I, I do, and this should 
not really come as any surprise to anyone. I would advocate that believers do some digging for themselves, that they start listening um, to podcasts that, you know, like this podcast, like other podcasts, there's a podcast called Five Minutes in Church History, which will give you insights into obscure parts of um, church history that you never know. But I, I do think as a, as Christians, we have a responsibility to think. Um, you know, Matthew twenty two thirty seven, when it talks about loving the Lord our God, it's with all of our heart, soul, uh, strength, and mind. Right. And uh, to be honest, I think that Christians and and um, as a Pentecostal, I would say even Pentecostals can get really lazy with our minds. I think we we want to focus sometimes on experiences and uh, this is how I felt. But actually, part of loving God with our mind is realizing that. Yes, there's mystery. Like we we can have discussions on the Trinity, and we can we can go into it. But God doesn't want us to sit there with our minds and be lazy and say, yeah, you know, I'm sure there's stuff there, but I don't really care about it. Right. I think we have we sh- we should be students. We should be lifelong students. So, yes, the gospel is advancing. But if people have questions, I think we have a responsibility to ask and to engage in conversation and to help people work through those things if these things are truly stumbling blocks for them um, in terms of their faith and, and walking with the Lord. Mm, I like it. I like this team. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back to what you were saying, mm. Greg, well, kind of back to what you said, mm. um, how Christianity has... I mean, a lot of nations in Africa like to call themselves Christian nations. Mm. And um, yes, the gospel has spread far and wide in our continent. However, you still find that we are poor, we are suffering, we are, you know, uh, number last in the race, Mm. whatever the race is exactly. Mm. Or we see ourselves that way. So you just, it's always that that strange juxtaposition where it's like there's so much faith in this continent but then there's so much poverty poverty and other and stuff suffering. which you think that Christianity should have in essence done away with mm. yet our oppressors quote unquote oppressors the mm. colonialists who came from England and wherever else they seem to be doing just fine in terms of prosperity and economics not in terms of their moral- morality and other things but yeah what would you say to someone who says that Could you, these people just came they brainwashed you and then they left and <laughs> you I've still have your a, problems. I've got an example, but I'll, I'll give it after Pastor Craig. <laughs> I thought you were going to give it now, but um, I, I happened to be speaking about that with a number of believers uh, on, a, on a pastor's group, actually, when we were making, when such comparisons were being uh, made or referred to. And um, that's one of the topical issues, right? Again, me being me, I came in on a, <laughs> on my Craig no time. You, PC when you, you see, <laughs> so if we like Zimbabwe, we're eighty-seven percent Christian or ninety or seventy-five, whatever you want. Mm. How come we've got so much corruption? Blah 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 blah. Here's my 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 <laughs> never to end tangent, which I came in and mm-hmm. said, and I must be careful how I put it, lest I misunderstood. I said we must run away from trying to make the objective of Christianity material prosperity okay i think we must try to run away from that to say the reason why we've received christ is so that we can be rich and i'm saying this because of hearing at least um in in some of these um public platforms to say if you're christians why are you poor Mm. all right and and the first my first response by the way i didn't say christianity encourages poverty 
Mm-hmm. I didn't say Christianity promotes laziness. I didn't say Christianity promotes... Um, Name it and claim exactly. it. Exactly. You see, I didn't say that. But listen, let me just read King Solomon, who you guys know that I love very much. Right. What does he say? Better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. That's what he says. He says, better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. Mm. It's just, I'm just trying to throw a point there. Mm-hmm. That uh, the fundamental or the most important thing, as far as I'm concerned with regards our faith, is whether or not we're in right standing with God. Yeah. Then I quickly want to say, please, I'm not suggesting then that the plan of God is poverty, yeah. is disease, is all sorts of um, bad things that's happening. So I, I, I'm wanting to free churches or free individuals or free people from being under pressure to necessarily forget that the most important thing, firstly, is to be in a right relationship with God. With God. Mm-hmm. I think that's very, very important. Yeah. Right? And so why I'm saying this now, I'll, go, I'll just slide, then just add this addendum to it and, and I'll come back to you, my brother. Um, just because things are going well with you, doesn't mean God is happy with you. Yeah. And just because things are not moving well with you mm-hmm. means that God's against you. I use two biblical examples. Mm-hmm. The first one is King Solomon. No war, no turmoil, lots of money. Lots but of, by the time lots he of ended... Honeys. <laughs> lots of honeys. Lots of honeys. Exactly. <laughs> but by the time he ended, I wouldn't call that a, a very glorious ending. Right. As far as I read the story of King Solomon. Mm-hmm. Right. We go back to the pages of Job. For all his Christianity, he basically lost, or for all his faith, if you want, he basically lost everything. Mm-hmm. Yet God was quite happy in that moment mm-hmm. with where Job is. I'm just trying to say to my African brothers and sisters, let's not uh, then be abused into thinking that just because things are going badly for us, I will pause again and say, please, I'm not promoting laziness yeah. poverty yeah. failing to be right but let's not be let's not be lied to, to into thinking that christianity has come into africa so that we can all be rich if that's the gospel we're preaching then i think it's a very it's a very warped and um, myopic gospel mm. i don't know if that's what christ came to preach mm. please yeah. add emphasis well, we know what he used to say <laughs> about the rich man you see mm-hmm. so you see so i just i just wanted to to put that out for my for my fellow believers that yeah i think it's more than just a the financial part of um, right and prosperity part of uh, of life, yeah, yeah. No, thank you for that, PC. And um, Hannah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back to you. Um, the the whole, <clears throat> I, I think, part of and this kind of ties into uh, to to this this point here, which is that you, you find what what I've often found interesting is like let's say with the slave trade, the transatlantic transatlantic mm-hmm. slave trade mm-hmm. um, how a lot of the slaves ended up adopting Christianity mm-hmm. so, and some people will say that they ended up adopting the religion of their oppressor. of their oppressor mm-hmm. right and you, you, you see this very fascinating thing where it's like these guys are enslaved and and yet these guys end up becoming this force and you know a whole church movement emerges out of that mm-hmm. um again you know i, I want to hear i guess from from you as somebody who um 
is, I guess, both a scholar and um, and also a young person. Um, that how 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 does that like how how does that make sense? Right, that um, these guys are oppressed, they're enslaved, and yet they go on to adopt Christianity as their religion, and they and it's not like they were just doing it as some form of some form of some form of escapism, Mm-mm. but they literally took it on. And up until today, you know, you've got this vibrant church um, in the States among the black community. And I think the same can be said of, of here. But like, how, how does that work? <laughs> um, I'm not a time traveler. <laughs> um, but there must have been some degree of the nature of the gospel actually speaks to and i think that this is where sometimes pentecostals with our victory and our you know success and overcoming in life we don't do justice and we don't take on the fullness of what paul talks about the sufferings of christ in this life mm-hmm. the nature of the gospel and this is not directly what you were saying but the nature of the gospel is that persecution brings growth and right. for for those african americans although they it was not take uh, Christianity wouldn't have been adopted as a way of, um, you know, gaining favor with the white man or anything. Um, certainly, uh, if you look at history, part of what would have happened is uh, for the African slaves, the first generation African slaves in America, because uh, Africa had an oral tradition. They, uh, as slaves started to die out, so the history of where they came from and who their gods were. Um, must have died out as well. However, how um, African Americans then came to find Christianity, there's a rich spirituality for African Americans and their, their history of how they adopted the faith of what could be said the faith of their oppressor. But it to them, it wasn't just that. They weren't in it because of the the, the obey your obey your masters passages. Mm-hmm. The, theirs was a theology that took on the stories of Exodus and found expression of let my people go. You know, if we if we were to look at um, abolitionists and, and both black mm. and white abolitionists mm-hmm. in America and certainly even in England, it was a fundamental belief in the principles of the gospel mm. devoid. Sorry, maybe for the sake of our listeners, if you can just okay. uh, define what Abol- abolitionists are. <laughs> These are people who would have worked against slavery and to um, basically illegalize slave trade, the, the exchange mm-hmm. of human life for money as, and, and human life as property, as, as you know, the, the same as cattle, basically. Right. And so um, when we talk about abolitionists, we're talking about people like William Wilberforce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also talking about people in America. Uh, some people may be familiar with Harriet Tubman mm-hmm. and... Um, the epic uh, movie Harriet that came out recently, but Christianity as a message isn't convinced um, only with you know life in the hereafter. It, it is something to do with l- there has to be a better than this life. And it, it, um, when we look at African American spirituality, it has thrived. The more it was oppressed, the more it was persecuted, the more faith became robust. And that's certainly a principle of the gospel. Yeah. Um, look at look at Acts. The more the church was persecuted, the more it grew. 
I like that. Um, okay, so I think we're going to need to wrap it up just now. I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm really learning a lot. And I'm sure the people out there are as well. Um, so I think as we wrap up, what I want to hear from, uh, from, from the both of you um, is what, what would you say to somebody who's struggling right now? Right, maybe they 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 may be a Christian who's who's in a in a place where they they're starting to have doubts, you know, because of information they're getting, and you know they're really starting to feel like, you know, what is this Christian thing even real? Or maybe somebody who's feeling like, you know, what I've been a Christian and I'm now I'm now more woke, you know, mm-hmm. these these guys came and they distorted our culture, and I'm I'm they're like on that whole wokeness path. What what would you say to somebody like that? You know, just about this particular subject to 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 say um, what Christianity really is and how it's been distorted and how how can they come back onto the into the right frame of mind. Well, in that also, there's the other side of it because there's the white person who has the superior mentality as oh, well. Oh yeah, that who also just feels like, well, I know I'm above people because the same things. In fact, maybe we should... You know what? That's the part that I forgot. That's the part you were supposed to talk about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally forgot about that, that side of the, of the conversation. But I guess we can make it... We can kind of make it part of these parting shots. I think to anybody who says, yeah, I was a Christian or I think I'm reevaluating my uh, Christian status. If you're going to do that... Don't stop at history uh, in in terms of the colonial period, but go back to the man himself. What did he stand for? What did he live for? And what did he die for? The message of Christianity that Jesus lived and died for, that he lived and breathed, he treated people with dignity. You know, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman who was by all accounts a total pariah to her contemporaries. There's a reason people don't go to wells in the middle of the day, you know. Yeah. Anybody who's been Kumusha, you don't go and fetch water in the midday sun. Mm-hmm. You'd have to be desperate to do that. That woman, a Samaritan woman, speaking to a Jewish man, yeah. unheard of. And yet Jesus knows everything about her and, and he gives her such dignity. Jesus did not treat anyone without dignity. He gave dignity. The, Jesus lived, breathed, loved people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did not stand for his own disciples getting all high and mighty like, yeah. you know, Jesus, you got to take them down. They didn't believe in you. Um, he called James and John sons of thunder. He, you know, he, he was not above tearing a strip off his own disciples and saying, this is not how this kingdom is. Mm-hmm. The kingdom ethic, the kingdom of God. Um, let me say at the same time, we're all created in the image of God. What does that mean? God created race. Yeah. And in some way, our race, our culture, our ethnic groups, they speak to the diversity in this limitless God. Amen. You know, and so I think we, we need to go back to the Bible and um, say, yes, Christianity has had some horrible abuses. But mm-hmm. does Christ identify with every single one of those awful parts of his history. I think there's going to be some things on Judgment Day 
that Christ has wept through periods of history when the church has done things in his name mm. that are not at all what he would have stood for. So I, I would say go back to the man himself. Know what he stood for. Amen. That's good. That's very good. Wow. That is like deep. The prophetess have spoken. Eh? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sister Hannah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the sister has spoken. You can leave the titles <laughs> at the door. <laughs> wow. PC. Wow. Um, hey. I have many things that are just running in my in my head. To be honest, uh, before Hannah spoke, this is what I was thinking. Jesus is is Jesus to the Gentiles. That's something that was just uh, flowing. Some, and, and for me, that's very telling, particularly for the African brother or for the black person. Right. And I think um, you've 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 expertly brought that out. Um, let me come to a, a verse which is just. Uh, which has just been resonating in my mind here. With regards to the question, so somebody is, is a Christian and they're wondering they've been woke or they're getting some of this information. I'm I'm thinking of the words that Luke writes to Theophilus in the in the first in, in, in the first chapter of the book of Luke. This is what he says. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, mm-hmm. that's what Luke says. I investigated it. I wasn't really part of the 12, but I investigated everything from the beginning. Now I'm writing an orderly account for you, O most excellent Theophilus. The purpose I'm writing is so that you may know the certainty of the things that you've been taught. Mm. The believer who's listening to me must know the certainty of the things that he has been taught, starting with that man himself, Mm. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Right? But if you go to the previous verse, which I've just read, for me, my encouragement to everybody I guess it almost comes back to what Hannah is saying. Get the facts. Right. Get the facts. Mm. He said, I carefully investigated everything. Yeah. So go get the facts uh, with regards um some of the issues that we've been raising here. Once you go get the facts, I, I hope I'm not being arrogant, but you know, even just going on to Google without doing much research, you'll be shocked how many myths and uh, untruths will just be debunked by just 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 doing just a bit of research yeah right and not just let voices speak um for the sake of speaking and just listen to them maybe because they sound um they sound rather popular so i'd say to people get the facts for yourself yeah and uh, don't forget that at the end of the day uh yeah the man jesus mm. the man jesus yeah right is the author and the perfecter of of our faith so our yeah. eyes must not um must never be removed from him that's good. I like that. And I read a quote over the weekend that said, you're entitled to your own opinions, but you're not, but you're not entitled to your own facts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I think, you well, know... opinions don't change the facts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the one thing that we can't deny is the facts. No matter how, how um, heightened our emotions may be, no matter how charged we may be against all the things that have happened, uh, we, we should still remember that opinions still remain opinions, even if they're coming from some of the smartest people in the world or seemingly mm-hmm. seemingly smartest. Um, we need to look for the facts. So thank you. Thank you so much uh, to the both of you. I really wish we could do this for like the next two hours, but yeah, you know. You guys have so much yeah. knowledge. So um, but we'll see. Maybe this can be an ongoing conversation. Uh, but for today, I think we, we, have to, we have to wrap it up. So thank you so much for listening. This is Radiant Culture. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. 
If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.